do to do? How are you? What do you want to do today? <laughs> I always ask these questions. What does my or what is my body capable of doing? What do I want my body to do? And how do I make sure that my body's capable of doing it? Do you ever ask those kind of questions? And then what makes the body capable? What's the anatomy and physiology of being able to climb mountains, run marathons, lift heavy things, do endurance races? Uh, there's some people that do you know, hundred mile races in the in the hottest desert in Death Valley in America. There's people who uh, climb Mount Everest. Uh, how does the human body, or how is the human body capable of doing that? And is it mental, and is or is it physical? And if you can apply uh, being able to push your body physically into your uh, business life into your personal life so that you can make your life successful and there's some of the questions that just run through my head particularly when I'm out in my garden and particularly when I've got this kind of backdrop uh, I live in the South Island of New Zealand where there's just snow capped mountains and steep hills and mountains and there's rock climbers and snowboarders and and uh, downhill mountain bikers and there's a whole heap of endurance sports and elite athletes and people do stuff and I often wonder how the hell does the human body do that which of course as an exercise professional is why I'm studying daily uh, sometimes multiple times throughout the day how does the human body work so what do you want to do is my first question is your body capable of doing it and what about what are we really capable of doing because is it possible that we limit ourselves based on what we've done in the past so if I haven't been able to do it in the past uh, what happens now do I, I say well, I, I couldn't do it before so I can't do it now or do I say to myself, I haven't done it before, but if I get the right information, if I train hard enough, if I get mentally tough and strong enough, will I be able to do it? Well, this is the really interesting thing about uh, neuroscience, about how the brain works, the central nervous system, the endocrine system. Uh, as we know, we are designed as a human race to survive. The human body will do whatever uh, it possibly can to make sure that we don't die, which has two parts to it. One is if we put it under pressure and stress, it's going to make sure that we survive and don't die. But if we put it under an enormous amount of pressure and stress and we force it to work really hard and we force it to do stuff it's never done before, and our own brain, our own mental toughness tells our body, we're not stopping, you have to give me the energy, you have to give me what I need so that I can keep going, then your body will do that too. So one, it'll try and keep you safe and secure and, and uh, warm and, and uh, happy. And the other one is if you push it, it'll, your human brain says, okay, she's not stopping. We've got to go for 20 hours or 24 hours or 100 miles or climb this mountain. And she is not going to give up. Her mental toughness is not going to allow her human body to give up. So the body then produces all the chemicals that you need to be able to keep going. And the reason we know that is have you ever, and I'm sure you've heard hundreds of stories like I have about people who thought they were going to die or they thought they couldn't go any further and they ended up doing another 100 miles or climbing another mountain or lifting something really heavy. Great example of that. If uh, something happened to somebody that you really care about and let's say a tree fell on them or a car fell on them or they were in, in a really uh, drastic situation where they were going to die and you had to get them out of that situation. So you had to lift the car off them or you had to lift a heavy tree off them or you had to drag a very heavy human body for a long way. 
How does that happen? If you've ever worked out in the gym and the best you've ever lifted is 50 kilos, how is it then that a mother who, who can't lift more than 50 kilos in the gym can all of a sudden lift a car off her child? Or a young boy who can't lift more than 50 kilos in the gym and all of a sudden he can lift a heavy tree off his grandfather. And they're just two examples of real life stories where people have said, I don't know how I did that. Well, what that says to me, and this is where my headspace is always thinking, what it says is that the human body is capable of a hell of a lot more than we think it is. Would that be fair? And is it possible that our own limiting beliefs, and, and that's just, I'll just put a side note on that. We can only believe what we know. So when people say to me, Rowie, and I'll ask, I've asked myself this question, Rowie, can you run a marathon? When I had never run a marathon before, I couldn't say yes because I had never done it before. The only time I know that I can run a marathon is when I've done it. Isn't that exciting? So to, to talk about self-belief and what I'm capable of doing is kind of irrelevant because we don't know until we've actually done it. But the distance between I want to do it and I've done it, that thing in between there, that's where the human physiology takes over. So if you tell your brain, we're going to do this, we're not going to stop, we're not going to give up, doesn't matter if it's cold or raining or hot or we're sweating or dehydrated or injured, we're just going to keep going and you don't let your body give up, your body won't give up on you. Isn't that exciting? So again, there's so many stories of this where, which has led me to Let's understand how that human body works. So in a very simple way, the neuroscience of that, the uh, hormonal response to that is the fight and flight system, which is my body thinks it's going to die. So your body then produces everything that you need to get the hell out of there or to fight. So either to sprint and go so that you don't die, so you can get away from the threat, or you can turn and fight the threat, kill it, and you stay alive. That chemical response comes from your brain and your adrenals, which is adrenal glands, which is epinephrine and adrenaline, cortisol, which is a uh, anti-inflammatory, so that even though your body's in a hyped up state, your body, uh, she can't be in pain because she's got to lift heavy, she's got to punch hard, she's got to run fast. So we're going to make sure that she stays, the cortisol makes sure that you have an anti-inflammatory response inside your body. And of course, those uh, chemicals produce what your body needs to go. So increased blood sugar levels, increased blood fat levels, high blood pressure, high, rest or high heart rate so that you can go. That's the response that your own body will produce when you put it under pressure. I think that's really exciting. Now it comes to a point where your body says you're going to die, so we have to stop. And that's a, a mental response based on our own self-belief. So if I go any further than this, or if I lift any heavier than this, or if I try any harder than this, I've never done it before, so I could die. So how do you explain, and I've been in this situation many times now, where you, you're running a marathon, for example. This was me, so I'm running. I think I can't do any more. I think I can't do any more. And all of a sudden, we call it a second wind. What the hell does that even mean, second wind? Where all of a sudden you can go, and not only go, but... For me, it's been I'm really tired and I'm really stressed and I'm finding it really hard and then I can sprint at the end like I'm going absolutely flat out. I thought I couldn't go any further and now I've finished the race sprinting. How the hell does that happen? And that's the connection between your mental toughness, your physical strength, your hormonal system and your central nervous system. So again, I want to wrap that up and keep it really simple. If you tell yourself I'm going to stop, 
your body will protect you. If you tell your body, we're not stopping, we're going, and we have to keep going because I will die or somebody in my family will die or I'm in a stressful situation and I have to keep going, then your body will produce everything that you need to be able to do that. So the adrenaline epinephrine so that you've got the energy to go, the uh, cortisol so that you don't have a high inflamed body, endorphins, which is the really exciting one because that's a happy drug that's also a painkiller. And maybe that's why you can lift something really heavy or you can sprint really fast away from a wild animal because your body's filled up with this uh, pain-killing chemical that says you shouldn't be able to do this, but because your body's under threat, we're going to make sure that you can. So what does that mean to us as human beings? I think apart from the fact that the human body is just an amazing machine and I love it. And if you are an exercise professional like me, you're an educator, a coach, somebody who's in in a leadership responsible role where you have to help people to be able to become mentally tough, is it possible that if we get people physically tough and strong that they're more likely to be mentally tough? Uh, You become mentally tougher when you, for example, run a marathon because you've run it, you now know that you can do it, so you have increased self-belief, self-esteem, self-confidence self-motivation, self-inspiration. Then, like me, you want to become self-educated because how did that even happen? Uh, How do you explain people, for example, and if you've ever been to watch a marathon, I'm just using my own example because I've run quite a few marathons. Have you ever watched a marathon and looked at people running and thought, how on earth is that body, that physical body, capable of running that fast over 42.2 kilometres. And I share that with embarrassment because a lot of people have beaten me in marathons and they've been uh, they've been overweight or their body doesn't look like they can even run and they've finished a marathon in three hours or under, which is a pretty impressive time for a body that doesn't look like it can run. Uh, I'm just, that blows my mind on what the body and the brain together are capable of doing. If you can then take that and apply that to your life, So if you think, I can't do this, but you've lifted heavy in the gym or you've lifted uh, heavy rocks and and, uh, wheelbarrow loads of gravel in your garden like I have, or if you've sprinted really hard and you've got a massive heart rate, that that feeling you have after you've got really puffed where you go, how the hell did I do that? Is it possible that now there's a chemical response in your brain that says, A, congratulations, that was awesome, so that's dopamine, a reward drug. Serotonin is a satisfaction drug which makes you feel, wow, I'm really happy with my life because of what, I've, what I have achieved. Then that endorphin process, which is the happy drug that has produced the uh, painkillers. And then this beautiful thing called brain-derived neurotropic factor, which is fertilizer for your brain. Your body produces the chemicals that will make your brain and body work better because obviously your brain controls everything, yeah? So if you're putting fertilizer into your brain, what will happen to the rest of your life? And nothing produces brain-derived neurotropic factor faster than when you put your body under threat. So if you get really puffed, you lift really heavy, you force yourself to keep going, your body has to produce the fertilizer to say to your brain, she can do this. Let's produce better and more effective epinephrine, adrenaline, cortisol. Let's make her body work better because she's not going to give up. So it's a beautiful circle, and I don't know even how to, how to put that into beautiful words, The human body will look after you if you look after your human body. Uh, I just, I want to know that I can do whatever I want to. And we know that that's possible because people have climbed tall mountains, the tallest in the world. 
People have run 100 miles in the, in the Death Valley in America. People have done endurance events that seem impossible. You know, the people that do seven marathons in seven days or 100 marathons in 100 days or they run from one end of the country to the other. Uh, here's a, a really interesting example. A very long time ago, I went on an endurance run it's my puppy dog saying, we love exercising, mum, and we can keep going for as long as we want to. What hell is it that I can throw the ball for my dog and throw it and throw it and throw it and throw it, and they just keep chasing? It's like they never get tired because they've got something to chase. They've got a purpose. Anyway, so I, I was a crew person on a run from Sydney, Australia, to Melbourne, Australia, and it was 1,000 kilometres. And the crew, or I was crewing for a guy from the UK, and the headspace until this particular race was that you run a bit, you have a rest, you run a bit, you have a rest, and you eventually get to Melbourne. And it's a thousand kilometres, and it's a really long. Obviously, it's a long race. It's a road race, and it's up and down hills, and it's it's a major. It would have a, a major effect on your body. Well, there's two people that really changed the headspace for endurance running. One was an Australian guy called Cliff Young, and he was an old farmer. He did the entire race in gumboots and he won the race. How the hell did that happen? He, and if you ever get a chance to see the movie or read the book, it's a really, it's a really interesting understanding of the human body. He just didn't sleep. And that happened by accident. They just, somebody's watch didn't work or a clock didn't work and he just got up and started running. And when he thought he'd had a sleep, he hadn't actually been sleeping. He got up and started running again and he won the race because he didn't sleep. The next person was a, a Greek guy who ended up winning that race several times and just didn't stop at all. His crew people had to run to him and give him water, run to him and give him food, and he did the entire race. And won, the, one of those races he won by two days, so 48 hours. He was 48 hours faster than anybody else. And I'm sharing that with you because when I took my, uh, as a crew person, I took my runner to the doctor at the end of the race because you have to make sure that your body's not going to die. So you have to have a full medical at the end of the race. And I, I went with my runner. And really interestingly, the Greek runner, I heard the doctor say this to him. Did you actually run this race? His blood pressure, his resting heart rate, his blood sugar levels, his blood fat levels, the joints of his body, his entire complete physical that he had to have after the race didn't show any signs of him having had run a thousand kilometres or having had run a thousand kilometres without any rest or running a thousand kilometres and just having a great time. And if you ever see him run, he would, he would run with a smile on his face and just have a great time, listen to Greek music as he was running. I'm sharing that with you because those are the things that make me ask questions. How is the human body capable of that? Especially when you have a look at Cliff Young because he was an old guy and he did it in gumboots. How did that happen? The beautiful thing is if you tell your brain, we're going to do this and we're not going to stop. And I'll give you another personal example. I didn't think I could run a marathon. I'd run a few half marathons and I felt even embarrassed to say that. I've run half a marathon. But I'd done, at the time, I had done 17 half marathons. Never thought I was capable of running a full marathon. But somebody gave me this great advice. Rowie, when the gun goes off, start running. When you cross the finish line, stop running. And don't give yourself an option in between. So you start running and you don't stop until you finish the race. That made sense to me. I started the race and I didn't stop until I ran over the finish line. 
and since then I've done 21 full marathons because people say to me they can't do a marathon. I'm not built as a marathon runner. I'm a big woman to be able to run 42.2 kilometres. But there's the other interesting thing. If you ask endurance runners or any elite athletes for that matter, how much of, of your sport is skill and technique and how much of what you do is mental toughness? And particularly when it comes to endurance events, most people will tell you that a 42.2 kilometre run or a 100 mile run or a 300 mile bike ride or running from one end of the country to the other is predominantly mental. It's mental toughness. It's not physical strength. Because you can only, in our headspace, we can only get a, a certain amount of fitness, a certain amount of strength. After that, is it possible that it becomes mental toughness? Now, if you apply that to any sport or to your own life, uh, you can be highly skilled as a business person, but if you don't have mental toughness, your business will fail. You can be highly skilled as a rugby league player or a soccer player or a tennis player. And if you have a look at the top tennis players in the world, for example, where there's two, two people playing against each other, uh, they're obviously skilled at tennis. You don't get to appear on television and be in a Grand Slam event if you can't play tennis. They've obviously got the skill to play tennis. But who wins? They're fit, they're strong, it's the mentally toughest person that wins. And if you have a look at some of the top tennis players in the world, the people that have won multiple Grand Slams, that's always what people say about them. They were cool and calm under pressure. They could handle the pressure because they were mentally tough. So how does it work? Do we become mentally tough and then be able to do physical events? Or do we do physical events, prove to ourselves that we're mentally tough, and then we can do whatever we want to? And I'm not sure, to the, I'm not sure about the answer to that. What I will share with you is that when you, when you have done stuff, you know that you can do stuff. If you've never done anything and you don't know that you can do it, is it possible that you doubt whether you can do it? And of course you have to doubt because you don't know. You don't know you can do something until you've actually done it. Can I climb that mountain of snow and beautifulness? I don't know. I haven't done it yet. And when I have, I'll let you know. But until you do it, you don't know that you can. So could it be a really good idea to whatever it is that you want to do? Don't come up with the reasons why you can't. Don't even come up with the reasons why you can. Just go and do it. And then you'll know that you can. And then you'll have the mental toughness to apply it to the next thing that you want to do and the next thing that you want to do. Isn't it exciting that we get to choose? And even more exciting, isn't it this human body of ours, the connection between the central nervous system, the endocrine system and your physical strength and fitness, they all work together to create a body that will survive pressure, that wants to survive everything. The beautiful thing is when you're fit and strong, you can not only survive, you actually thrive. And as I always share, if you look after your human body, it will look after you regardless of what you want to do. Woohoo! I feel good. No, 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 no. I knew that I would now because I'm fit and strong. Romax, live life to the max. I'm Rowie and I would love for you to live every part of your life to the max. Woohoo!